rivers of living water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us for our talk show, and we're just uh, delighted to have you and trust that what we're saying will be of uh, help to you, that it will help you to uh, be able to uh, live a better life, to live better with your neighbors, to live closer to God, and and the things that we need today that are so important, uh, as it seems like it, everything goes, that uh, my way is as good as yours and things like that, but we just think a little bit and we know better than that, and if we didn't, we wouldn't be trying to push our way above someone else's. We know that there is a way that's better than than the others that are around us. And um, what better way could we have than God's way? God was the one that created us. He's the one that gave us the Bible. He He's the one that loves us and loved us so much. He gave his son that we might have life and abundant life. So what would be better in this world than to know our Creator and to be able to have a personal relationship with Him and and to feel His love and and Him to help us to love and now, Him and the- to love others. Uh, I don't think there's anything better than that. Now, a lot of people get hung up because they say, well, I can't see it. And if I can't see it, I'm not going to believe it. Now, that's just a real cop-out. Because there's a lot of things in life that we don't see, and yet we just do it anyway. We can't see the air we breathe, but we also we don't say, I'm going to quit breathing because I don't see the air. Uh, you really don't know what, how much clothes I really have on. All you can see is, is the top part I'm as for. You know I'm wearing my pajamas, but I'm not. And uh, I know that, but you wouldn't. Uh, know it for sure because you don't really see it. And so on it goes. So many things in life that are important, we really don't see them, but we enjoy them anyway. Now, we don't see God, but we can enjoy Him anyway. And His Holy Spirit reveals Himself to us, and through the witness of God's Holy Spirit helping us to know Him better, to live for Him better, to love the people around us as well as loving Him. So as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, we find out from Jesus, who is not only our Savior, but is to be our Lord. He tells us what He expects of us. He tells us what we can expect of Him. He shows us what we need to do in order to please Him, and that is things that we really need today, isn't it? That we can have this kind of a thing, that we don't have to worry about whether we're pleasing God or not, or whether we're going to do something that is terrible or not. When we have the Spirit of the Lord in us, then we have God's love 
shed abroad in our heart by that Holy Spirit. And along with that love is the joy, peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, self-control, all the fruit of the Spirit, which we refer to as the rivers of living water, which is the name of our program. As the Holy Spirit is allowed to have full control of our lives, then we can be more than what we could be otherwise. We don't have to live on the low level. We can live on the high level. And we have to be in the highway of holiness in order to be living in the high way. Now, the Bible talks about the highway of holiness. Holiness is when we give ourselves completely to the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes in and helps us to live a life that's well-pleasing to God and, and a blessing to those around about us. I want to start today, and we're going to try to close to the, the sermon on the study on the Sermon on the Mount. But we're going to start at uh, verse 13, chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. If you have your Bible, you can turn to that. And it says, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. So we see in here that Jesus is giving us putting before us the straight gate. And we just are born into the broad gate. We're born with sin in our lives, in our hearts, a sin nature that helps us to sin, that prompts us to sin, that encourages us to sin and to turn away from God. So we entered in that way when we were born. We entered into the broad way when we were born into this world. In order to enter into the straight gate, we need to have a rebirth. We need to be uh, born again. The Bible tells us that this is what we need to do. Now, this is not going back into our mother's womb and being born that way. This is a spiritual birth. We've been born a natural birth. We need to be born into a spiritual birth. And that's what we refer to as being born again. When we repent of our sins, we turn away from our sin. We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Then if we're really serious, if we really seek God with all of our heart, he will be found. That's what the gospel really is all about. So the narrow gate is the gate that leads to life. The broad gate leads to destruction. We're on the broad gate until we're born into the family of God. Then we become children of God. We become children of light. We are a different person, a different personality, and we have been completely changed. And so if 
you're living the same way that you've always lived, regardless of what the profession is, you're not living for God. So we're, we're finding out in the, the Sermon on the Mount just exactly what this life is all about. Now we could go through and do all the things on the Sermon on the Mount and still not be where God wants us. It starts with a new birth. It starts with those Beatitudes that we read. The blessed are those that do this and blessed are those that do that. When we, that's the way we start out is getting into the blessedness of God and God does bless our lives. He gives us life and He gives us abundant life more than we could ever think of, greater than uh, we would ever dream of. But it starts getting into the narrow way. Now some people have problems with this because they say that this makes me so that there's a lot of things that I can't do. And they think of it as kind of like a straitjacket that you're compressed into this little thing and and uh, there's nothing else that you can do. But you know the thing is that God changes our want to. He helps us to know what the the real truth is and and he helps us to walk in it. And so when we become new creatures in Christ, there's a lot of things we don't want to do that we want to when we're in that broad way. The other thing about the narrow way and the broad way is that if we are in the broad way, our life begins to close in on us. And finally, we die and we go to a place that the Bible refers to as hell. And the truth of the matter is we can have hell right upon this earth if we uh, resist God and, and do everything he tells us not to do, then we could easily make hell on the earth. But there is an eternal dwelling that all of us have, and we'll either spend it in one place or another. There is no middle ground for us to some way stop by and uh, not too bad, not too good. And so we want to prepare to have heaven on earth as well as the heaven that is before us. And so in order to do that, we've got to be on the straight way. And the straight way means that it's a narrow way, that we don't just do everything that we want to. And you know, the best way to destroy ourselves is just to go out there and, and let the old carnal nature run wild and do anything it wants. You'll destroy yourself rather quickly that way. But, you know, that that's not what God wants. He doesn't want us to have that at all. If he did, he wouldn't have gone to such drastic extremes of bringing Jesus into the world and providing such a great salvation, and then also sending his Holy Spirit to cleanse us of all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit so that we can perfect holiness in the fear of God, so that we can walk that life that God lays down for us to walk. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to. 
we would be, of all people, more miserable if we tried to do all these things on the Sermon on the Mount without God's grace and God's love and and his guidance in order to help us to do that. Now, the Lord warns us of various things that can take us away from the way, the narrow way. And in the process of warning us, he shows us how narrow the way really is. So the next thing is beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening ravaging wolves. They're greedily hungry wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit you shall know them. The fruit here is the works. What they do. It's more important that we see what people are doing rather than what they say. The devil comes as an angel of light to deceive. He also comes as a roaring lion to devour. But he can come as either one. And we see the idea of the wiles of the devil, that he's out there to destroy and to kill and and to devour everything that he can. So these false prophets take on the disposition of of the devil, and they are angels of light to deceive. He talks about the ministers of Satan as being ministers of light. They many times will tell you they have a new revelation that this is greater than what the Bible could ever teach, and this is greater than what you've learned, and they'll go through these kind of things. Now, we're at the, uh, for our first break, and so I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkStone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're attempting to finish the Sermon on the Mount today. We've been going through this for uh, a few weeks. And so we're uh, at the place of Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to beware of false prophets. There are a lot of them. Matter of fact, Jesus said that as his coming comes closer, his second coming comes closer, that there would be more and more of these false prophets that would profess to be having greater knowledge than has ever been before, trying to put... 
and it's a things Catholic before you that you've never heard of before. And if you have this kind of thing happening that is contrary to God's word, contrary many times to common sense, and you know that it isn't from the Lord. The Lord is very reasonable. And you know what we think of reasonable may not be reasonable to the common people, but Jesus is very reasonable. God is very reasonable. God said in Isaiah, Come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. And that's Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. So the Lord is reasonable and he's reasoning with us here. He's saying, beware of false prophets. Realize that there are false prophets out there. There are people saying, I'm okay, you're okay, don't worry about this gospel stuff, don't worry about repenting of your sins, you don't have to worry about that, just keep a good self-image and you'll just be great and, and don't do too many bad things to people and be a nice person and, and, uh, on and on it goes and, but don't worry about this thing of repenting of your sins and, and uh, of Jesus being your only Savior, there's a lot of saviors in the world, and on and on it goes. But so he says, beware of false prophets. Now, if you really want to know the true nature of a false prophet, you need to go over to Second Timothy, chapter two, Second Timothy, chapter two, and read that, and you'll find out what the real character of a false prophet really is. They're many times very hypocritical as well. They'll profess to be Christians. They'll profess to love you. They'll profess all kinds of things in order to manipulate your mind, your will, your conscience, and what have you. They'll do everything they can to to sear your conscience of what uh, the truth really is. So you've definitely got to be aware of them, and you can tell them by their fruits. If they're uh, upholding the Lord Jesus, if they're uh, what we refer to as a Bible-believing Christian, if the Bible is their guidebook, and, well, let me just stop here and say this as well. Many times they will quote the Bible, but they quote it out of context. And, you know, if you, you can make the Bible say about anything, if you take a verse here and a verse there and one other and somewhere else, and you have to look at what the scripture is before and after that particular verse that they give to kind of get the feeling of what is being talked about there. That's the reason why we're not only reading the 15th verse here, Matthew 7:15, but we're reading down to find out exactly what is being talked about, and we see here that what the Lord is saying is that a corrupt tree can't bring forth good fruit, that regardless of how hard they try, and a, a good tree won't bring forth corrupt fruit. There's a dividing line there, and if you see that this person is is uh, maybe very charismatic, 
got a lot of emotion involved in it and everything else. And, and, uh, there, the Bible also talks about lying wonders and lying miracles in the last day. And some people profess to raise the dead and, and all these kind of things. But you've got to be very careful to see what they're really teaching about the Lord Jesus because Christianity is about the Lord Jesus. And if they're teaching the wrong thing about Jesus, then they are indeed false prophets that the Bible is talking about. And these false prophets will not stand before the Lord, which we're going to find out pretty soon here. And he says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So that's in verse 21. He's talking about that the real people are the ones that love Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so those who are really loving the Lord are really keeping Jesus' commandments. The last thing that Jesus commanded his disciples was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature to baptize the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to teach them to observe all things that Jesus has said, like I'm sitting here doing now, and so uh, and to disciple them, to help them to live the life that God wants them to live. God has given people that will help other people in their walk with him. But we got to be very careful, the people that we follow. There was uh, an instance in the book of Acts where Paul went and preached to uh, people. And they took the scriptures and examined them to make sure that Paul was preaching the right thing and teaching the right thing. And we'll never go wrong if we take the whole word of God and put beside of the person that's speaking to us. Is this what God really wants or is it not? So he's saying here that not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, not everyone that says that Jesus is their Lord, that says that Jesus is the one that is controlling their life, is really doing so. There's some out there that are hypocrites, that they're telling you one thing, but if you would see what their secret life is, you would find out they're doing something quite different. And some people, you know, they say they do what the Romans do. Uh, but no, we do what the Lord wants us to do. It doesn't make any difference whether in a, a good crowd, whether we're in church or out of church or wherever we're at, they're pretty much the same because we, we're not uh, trying to play both sides of the fence. We've, we've stepped out of the way of the world, the flesh, the devil, and we're walking in the beautiful light of God. So he says, not everyone who says that are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven or go to heaven. And there's something else about it. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to be in heaven right here, are going to be children of light that the Bible talks about. You see, we don't have to wait 
until we go to be with the Lord to be in heaven. Because the Bible tells us that we're lifted up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And if we are in Christ, we seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. And to set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth is what we do. But he says, it's those that do the will of my Father which is in heaven. And the beautiful thing about it is we can know the will of our Father which is in heaven. God has laid down for us things that will show us what his will is and what it isn't. We're on our second break, so we're going to take our second break. I'm Howard Eugene Wright, Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We're finishing up the Sermon on the Mount today, and it's so nice that you're with me, and I trust that you will realize the seriousness of finding the will of God and doing the will of God. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. The Bible tells us that he that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. And the Bible also tells us that the wages of sin is death, eternal death. The soul that sins, it will die, it will eternally die. So it's so important that we find the truth. There's so much falsehood, so much error around today. So many uh, voices that are calling us to do this, that, and the other, that we really need something that will establish our lives, that will get us in the right direction, that will give us the very best life that we could have. We're only going this way once, so why not make the best use of it? Make the best that we possibly can. Why not leave a legacy behind us? Why not, uh, when... People think of us, they don't think about, I'm glad that rich of a guy is gone. We don't have to worry about him anymore. But that they will feel that that they really uh, lost someone when they lost us. And so we need to uh, choose which way we will go and what we're going to do because it is so important. And, and we've been going weeks through this uh, message of that, Jesus gave on the mount, on the Sermon on the Mount, we call it. And so the next verse, after the one that says that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And we know that we enter into this kingdom in this life. And then it goes with us forever. But he says, many will say to me, in that day, which day, when we have to stand before the Lord and give an account of how we lived this life of ours. And many of them will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name have cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works? 
And then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity, or you that didn't do what you were really supposed to do. You know, there's a lot of emphasis on prophesying. Uh, didn't we prophesy in your name? It's a lot of emphasis at in some circles. And, and uh, didn't we cast out devils? You know, well, the devil's pretty tricky. He can leave one way and come back the other way and make you think that you cast him out when really you didn't. There's all kinds of things that can go on like that. And you can feel like that you really have a prophecy that you should be telling. But the thing about prophecy, if it doesn't come true, for one thing, that it, it isn't from the Lord. And the other thing is, if that prophecy leads you away from God, you're not supposed to pay attention to that, too. So there are some regulations as to if we're going to go out there and say, thus says the Lord, we better make sure that we're talking about the right Lord. And there are a lot of people and a lot of uh, demonic spirits out there that would like to lord it over you. But you've got to choose the one that you're going to serve. So said, Lord, Lord, you see, they're still saying, Lord, Lord, they're still claiming that Jesus is their Lord. They haven't gotten it yet. We can be so deceived that even standing before the judgment, we still think we did all right. That is really bad, but it doesn't have to be that. If we'll just listen to the Lord, and as our conscience begins to stir us, and we begin to realize that we're really not serving God like we should, don't try to make excuses for it. Regardless of where you're at in the church or what you're doing, just admit it and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up farther than you could ever imagine. So we might, people might think they're casting out devils, but uh, maybe they're not. And he said, many wonderful works. But, you know, people can think that as well. And the sad thing about this whole thing was they got right up to the judgment, still thinking that Jesus was their Lord. They were so convinced that that is what it was. And I think the worst thing that anyone could ever hear is not, I'm not going to give you ice cream today, or I'm not going to let you do this today. I'm going to take your alcohol away from you. I'm going to do this or the other. Uh, the worst thing that we could really have said to us is when we stand before the Lord, thinking that we were doing everything just exactly the way God wanted to be, to hear him say, I, I never knew you. Depart from me. You that work iniquity. Lawlessness is what iniquity is. It's not following God's ways, it's following everything else's ways. There's only actually two ways to go, even though the broad way gives you a lot of paths to go to get there. There's only one path that leads to God's way, and everything else is lawlessness. It's going our way rather than God's way. The law is given by God. 
and we need to follow his rules. We need to do what he tells us to do, and we can know. And this Sermon on the Mount gives us a lot of things that we need to do. So he says that they de- they said, depart from me. That's a terrible thing being heard from a loving Savior that wants only the best for us. God's not willing that any should perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. He wants all of us to enjoy the good life. He wants us to have the very best in life. He wants us not only to have life, to really be living, but also to have abundant life, to go from victory to victory, go from one stage of the glory of the Lord to the next, to be able to have your faith grow and increase and to see greater things than what we could ever dream of. But in order to do that, we've got to enter in it the right way like we've been talking about. And then we've got to make sure that we're not being deceived by some false prophet, whether it is a person or whether it's the devil himself trying to lead you wrong. And so then he goes on and he says this, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. We're building a house. We're building a habitation. Our lives are either building this kind of habitation or the one that follows. We'll be talking about this one first. Let's think about this habitation, this house that we are building. And what are we building it on? Are we building it on a solid foundation? The things of this world are not solid. And we'll be blowing every direction. We'll be taken with the tide. We'll be taken downstream. And the Lord only knows what we'll be dropped off of. It's kind of like running down a river heading for the the falls, you know. And just before you come to the drop-off place, everything becomes quite calm. And you think that it has settled down and everything is fine, and all at once you drop off the side to your own destruction. So what kind of a foundation are we on? Are we on a shaky foundation, or are we on the solid rock? Jesus is the solid rock. Jesus needs to be the rock of our salvation. He needs to be what we build on. The gospel of Christ brings us to the solid foundation. All other things are what we're going to talk about later. But we need to get our feet firmly grounded on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't, and if we just hear these things, he says, if you hear these sayings of mine and you do them, and 
are you hearing them today? And are you doing them? And if you're not doing them, then you can't say, well, I know about them and therefore I know about them and uh, that's all I need to do. No, you have to do it. We can have every good of theology. Our doctrine can be perfect and everything else. And yet, if we're not doing them, the way of salvation, the way of a Christian is in the doing. It's not just in believing, but it's taking and putting feet to what we believe. It's putting a heart to it. If all we have is head knowledge, then we're of all people most miserable. And we can't count that for salvation if we're not doing it. Like I said before, if we love Jesus, we're going to keep his commandments. And the commandments are in what we've been studying. So make sure that you're built on the solid foundation, that you are building your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not, then you're going to be in some pretty shaky places. The wind will blow the everything. But you notice that he says here that the wind will blow, the rains will descend, the flood will come, and it will beat upon the house. There are enough things in life that will beat us, either beat us down or we'll be able to stand. We're at our break again. So this is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. We're finishing the Sermon on the Mount, and next week, the Lord willing, we'll be talking about the parables. And so we we want to look at this today and to see as we close this how important it really is that we do what God tells us rather than what all the voices around us are leading us into. And we talked about uh, putting your life on a solid foundation, and it's like a building. And so it's important that we be able to stand regardless of what comes our way. All of us have certain things that happen to us. The rain descends. It just seems like that there's everything in the world seems to be going wrong. And we had the lightning and the thunder and the, and all the things that go with rain. And then it says the floods come. When it doesn't just stop with the rain, the rain brings the floods, doesn't it? So everything seems to flood in upon us. And we, we're just all thrust away. The wind starts blowing. It starts gnawing away at our house that we have built. And, you know, really, is this really what God wants me to do? Am I really doing what God wants me to do? Uh, isn't there something better than this? And all these kind of things, they start beating up on you, you know. And uh, But it says the house doesn't fall, it stands when it's set on a 
solid foundation. Foundations are so important, so very important, that we have something that stands all the trials and the burdens and the problems of life, and many of them just come upon us and we don't realize, we think that everything is doing fine, and, and then all at once every, the rug seems to be pulled out and underneath of us, and life seems to take a turn for the worse, and we think we're doing fine, and we go to the doctor and we find out we have terminal cancer, or, or we uh, think we're doing fine, and all at once we find out we have diabetes, and on and on it goes, and and a loved one dies that we love so much, and and uh, uh, we're left alone in the midst. It seems like that no one really cares, and it goes on and on like that. Now this happens to Christians and non-Christians. Just because you become a Christian, that doesn't mean all your problems are going to go away. Matter of fact, you might have more because the devil's going to do everything he can to trip you up. So not only do you have the common normal problems, you also have the devil and his crowd to contend with. So, but then the other alternative is, you know, we can, we can look at this and say, well, yeah, that looks pretty good. But the other alternative, the other thing we can think of is in verse 26 here. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. When we don't have a foundation, all we have is just sand to stand on, quicksand at that. Back to and, the show. Uh, we start sinking. It, for the ones there's no way of coming back, maybe, except if you're pretty close to the rock, you can always jump now, on the back rock. To the show. I heard the illustration of a woman that was sitting on the shore, and she was uh, reading and wasn't paying attention, and the tide started coming up. Before she knew it, the water was all around, and there was a rock not too far from them. People up above saw what was going on and they started crying out head for the rock go to the rock climb the rock and she finally understood what they were saying climbed up on the rock and was safe so regardless of how bad your situation is there is a rock that you can stand on there is a rock that you can climb on and that rock is the Lord Jesus so don't think that your situation is totally hopeless and that you're totally helpless because Jesus is just a prayer of way. And you can say, help me, Lord, and he will help you regardless of what your situation is today. If the winds are blowing, if the flood is coming, if the rain is coming down upon you, and it just seems like that there's no into it, then join the crowd. That's just being human. That's just being part of this imperfect world. And all of us have this, some to a greater degree than others. Some people think, well, if I could just have more income, I would be better off. Or if I was in a better environment, or if my family were better, or this was better, and that was better. But 
if you're on the solid rock, it doesn't make any difference. But if you're on the sand, everything can make a difference. And everything can blow you just this way and the other. And the Bible talks about being carried away with every wind of doctrine and everything that sounds good. But if you're on the the rock and you've gone through the trials and you've gone through the temptation, you've gone through the the burdens of life uh, like I have for 58 years now, you know that the rock is much better than the other that you see all around you. So um, the whole answer to this thing is getting on the rock and standing on the rock and keeping your faith in the Lord Jesus regardless of what happens to you. And there will be a lot of things that happen to you. And as the Lord's coming is closer, things are going to get more heated up as far as wickedness is concerned. There's going to be a lot more than what we're seeing now. We're seeing a plenty now, but it isn't going to get any better unless Jesus makes it better. Regardless of what your circumstances are, you can write upon your circumstances. You don't have to be crushed by your circumstances. You don't have to sink down. You can let these things raise you up. The Bible talks about that we mount up with wings as eagles. We run and we not grow weary, and we walk and we don't faint. When we're being lifted up by the Lord, we can look down at these things from time to time. It isn't that we're escaping reality. We know what reality is. It's all around us. We can't escape that, regardless of how much we might want to from time to time. Want to say, stop the world and let me off. But the Lord... Uh, is not going to let us off until it's his time. But he does have a way to help us through the toils of life, through the things of life, just the everyday concerns that we have. And he does help us through those things if we're willing to be helped. If we're willing to say, Lord, I can't do it myself here. I'm going to stand on you. And we can stand on God's promises. God has so many promises. He says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We can boldly say the Lord is our helper, that he is the one that is by us, is willing to lift us up and to set us in heavenly places. Some of the best times I've had with the Lord is when I've had the hardest storms to go through. It seems like that God gets a little closer and just carries us along. And I've had that, and anyone that is knowing the Lord and knows the Lord knows what I'm talking about, that he will carry us along if we'll be carried. It's kind of like the poem of the footsteps, that the man finds out that every time that he is in a bad way, there's only two footprints. He's trying to walk beside of the Lord, and he says, Lord, when the problems came, you left. Jesus said, no, I didn't leave. I just picked you up and carried you. And the Lord wants to carry us along through some of these hard and difficult times if we're willing to let him, if we'll just let go and let God have his way with us. It'll be amazed. You will be amazed what God can take you through. Now, the 
thing about it was that after this was all over, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. The people were standing around and it said it came to pass when Jesus had ended these saying, the people were astonished at his doctrine. It wasn't just a normal run of thing. And he said he taught them, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus does have authority. All authority is given unto him in heaven and earth. He is the king of creation. He's the king of all things. And so we can put our life in his hand safely and know that he's going to take care of us. And, you know, there's some people saying, well, I don't need any help. I can take care of myself. That doesn't usually work too well. And these people, you know, that thought, well, I'm just doing so great with God. God ought to really be pleased with me. It's like the Pharisees that were standing up and, and saying, I fast so many times a week. I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And in so many words, aren't you really privileged to have someone like me? And in the public and over on the other side, he said, it beat upon his breast. He, he was remorseful for his life. And he said, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the one that went down in God's book as doing the will of the Father. And that's the way we enter in, but we don't have to be that way all the time because God takes us out of the sin and puts his loving spirit within us. And like I said so many times, we become a new creature in Christ. The old life passes away, the new comes. It was that way with me near uh, 58 years ago when I was just a teenager. And it doesn't make any difference what stage of life you're in or what you're going through with now. God loves you and does have a wonderful plan for you and is waiting for you to just open up your heart and life to him. I think we're out of time. So this is Howard Eugene Wright signing off, Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com.